0: Chapter 6. Liminal Space. Maybe it's a side effect of running straight into the heart of the first magical shit he's seen for the past three years. Maybe it's an everlasting sort of punishment for speaking out of turn against his father those years ago. But Zuko can't help but feel some parts of his life are a farce sometimes. Case in point. Zuko's currently riding with the Avatar and his two companions. The very same people he spent almost the entirety of winter chasing on the last air bison known to mankind. It's kind of, sort of, of his own free will. Everyone is alive, and as they fly further away from the North Pole to seek the nearest land, the air between them goes from awkward and tense, like one of father's formal functions, to almost... civil. What do you know about soul bonds, Aang? Katara asks. Is it something to worry about? Aang shrugs. They weren't very common, even all those years ago. He says. Zuko doesn't know whether to find it funny or disturbing that the Avatar says years ago, like it's ten years and not a century. Like there's some part of Aang that's still living in the past, ignoring how the world has moved on without him. Actually, it's not funny. It's disturbing. Zuko promptly decides that Brain shouldn't be allowed to have an opinion, because if he thinks about it too hard, his head and heart begin to hurt. Sokka seems to be looking at Zuko meaningfully, but Zuko does his valiant best to avoid the other boy's eyes. There's only so many exhausting thoughts he can handle in one day. Soul-bonded are supposed to be connected by something physical, but it's usually only visible to the soul-bonded and to people of a spiritual nature, like the Avatar. Blissfully oblivious to the mental turmoil that's been haunting Zuko, Aang points to the space between them. Can you see the thread connecting Sokka and Zuko's wrists? Zuko hadn't been able to earlier, back at the Oasis, but now temporarily free from the danger of dying from exhaustion, hypothermia, and being surrounded by his enemies. If he focuses enough, he could just about make out the line of gold-blue circling from his wrist to Sokka's. It doesn't seem to be the same for Katara, whose eyes widen in surprise. Where? She sweeps her hand through the gap, and Zuko twitches, shuddering as a buzzing sensation sweeps along his skin. Sokka responds in exactly the same way, as the line sputters and sparks, arcing all around the intrusion like a lightning ball, before returning to a straight line. Don't do that, Zuko snaps weakly. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. Both him and Sokka stare balefully at the little gold-blue line between them. Are we going to do anything about it? Sokka asks. Do what? Zuko asks sourly. Unless the Avatar bridge to the spirit world and all things spiritual knows something we don't, we can't exactly cut a non-tangible thread just amazing, Saka grumbles. Of all the people I had to get bonded to, it had to be Prince Jerkbender. The disgust is mutual, Zuko snaps. Couldn't it have at least been Yue? Saka's resentful thought comes through. Well, that was understandable, at least. The Water Tribe boy had looked at the princess like she's the literal moon stars, and now Zuko understood a little better why. The spirits sure like to make my life a running joke, don't they? Zuko coughs out the laugh that threatens to bubble up, making sure it dies in his throat. Sokka gives him a startled look he can't decipher. That's also mutual, he tells the water tribe boy. Sokka stares at him for a moment longer before shrugging. Could be worse, I guess. Sokka's tone is conversational. Either one of us could have been bounded to Zhao. Something in Zuko's stomach turns as he shudders. Sokka's watching him carefully, blue eyes knowing, so he makes an effort to suppress it. Yeah, Zuko rasps, for lack of something to say. Guy's a real creep, huh? Sokka says. It's not a question. Zuko hesitates for a second, then nods. What makes you say that? He doesn't know what Sokka's able to see in his memories right now, but it's not like Sokka can't see what's inside of his mind anyway, if the other boy pushes hard enough. Okay, they may not see eye to one eye on life principles in general, but at least the Water Tribe boy agrees that Zhao is a creep, Sokka frowns at the floor. I really didn't like the way General Muttonchop was looking at... Some people. He finishes lamely. Zuko chokes at General Muttonchop. Maybe Zuko's just cranky from lack of rest and sleep, but he's strongly starting to suspect, as Sokka continues to rattle about something, that he often talks just because he likes to hear the sound of his own voice. Hey! Sokka points at him, like you have any ground to stand on sparky sparky boom boom prince of rage zuko stares at him what as far as creative names go that wasn't so bad zuko supposes katara sighs, <sighs> my brother is horrible with names and puns she tells the general air Sokka squawks hey i'll have you know i'm the punniest name bender alive zuko can't help the upward twitch of his lips at that no matter how sternly he tells himself Not to laugh. Do not laugh. You have more discipline than this, Prince Zuko. Sokka notices, of course. He's literally in Zuko's head, and gleefully begins to gloat. Sparkling blue eyes crinkle in a cheeky, surprisingly contagious smile that makes Zuko feel all weird. See, Katara? Even Prince Jerkbender's laughing at my jokes, he crows. It's so bad it's hilarious, Zuko deadpans, trying to maintain his irritated facade. It's Katara's turn to hastily swallow her chuckle. The bison's name, Zuko has since learnt after casual prodding, is Appa. How much does Appa weigh? Zuko asks curiously. Ten tons, Aang replies with bright eyes, apparently happy that someone is interested. He switched places with Katara to steer. Zuko rapidly converts the measurement to Fire Nation units in his head and blinks. Ten tons. How does he even get into the air to fly? Oh. Mmm. Aang frowns. Unlike the Water Tribe siblings, Aang seems to have no reservations in giving Zuko the full force of his warmth and friendship. When Appa flies, he's actually airbending like I do. So Aang's not the last airbender, just the last human one. Zuko feels something sour climb up his throat and forces it down. He's always wondered how the Sky Bison is capable of flight. None of the old scrolls had been able to tell him, because they were more focused on depicting Sky Bisons as organic war machines. Looking at the way Appa groans and swishes his tail, underneath them like a giant oversized turtle cat, Zuko can't think of much else that looked less like a war machine at that very moment. What does he eat? Do you feed him something specific? Zuko chooses to ask instead, because something is hurting in his chest, and at heart he's still the five-year-old who loved the soft fuzzy fur of turtle ducks and couldn't bear to see them hurt. Appa eats plants and hay, Aang chatters away. He'll eat eggs, too, and he loves it when he gets honey as a treat. Zuko files that information away carefully. He's never seen an air bison this up close. Every time before has always been in a flash of self-induced fire and desperation. Maybe this temporary truce would have some unforeseen advantages. Maybe it's trivial, but Zuko kind of hopes he'll be able to pet Appa a bit before they part ways. What? Bisons are cute? Who was Zuko to resist the power of a furry, fuzzy animal? Sokka snickers loudly at him for some time after that, and doesn't shut up no matter how fiercely Zuko tries to glare at him. Zuko's surprised, maybe a bit alarmed, to realize he doesn't mind as much as he thinks he should. I've never seen an air bison before, Zuko admits aloud, to distract from that line of thought. They're supposed to be extinct. Yeah, Appa's probably the last of his kind, Aang says, smiling a little wanly. And whose fault is that? There's a moment in which no one breathes or speaks. Sokka opens his mouth, closes it again. Zuko appreciates it because he doesn't need a dumb soul bond to be able to guess at what Sokka was going to say what all of them are thinking anyway. Luckily, the Fire Nation aren't as thorough in their jobs as they think they are. Escapes through their mental link. Zuko bites down on his tongue so hard it draws blood. He remembers the little bison scolds at the Air Nomad Temple, remembers accidentally stepping on one, and its resulting crack echoing through the temple. It hadn't mattered much back then, because no one had seen a bison alive for more than a century. All Zuko had were sketches. The horror feels more tangible now, that Zuko's sitting on a real-life, fully-grown bison. Zuko feels like he's about to throw up. Aang seems to sense the mood in the air shifting, and for whatever reason, that doesn't make sense to Zuko, and must not make sense to Agni either, decides to steer Zuko away from it. Do you want me to show you Appa's favorite spots to be rubbed? Zuko says yes, of course. Zuko's miscalculated to a massive degree. Well, he's never been the best at planning ahead anyways. His plans have always been more along the lines of act on this impulse improve as he goes and hope he doesn't die a fiery, painful death along the way. But traveling with the Avatar and his companions, even for this short duration, was a miscalculation of epic proportions. Because now Zuko has been made to think and see more, and he's not sure he likes what he's seeing. Everyone who's ever told Zuko anything about the Air Nomads had said that they were savages who dumped their own children to be raised by strangers, that they were vicious barbarians without law, that the Air Nomads had an army to spread their lawlessness unto the world. The thing is, remembering little air bison skulls are bringing back other memories of the Air Temple to the fore, memories Zuko had subconsciously shoved back and not looked too closely at, for fear of what he'd uncover. Memories of little crumbling skeletons lining the temple walls, as if they'd been pushed into corners before they'd died. Memories of tiny, burned skeletons shelter behind bigger ones. No memories are evidence of weapons, or armory of any kind. Zuko had left the temple telling himself that their weapons must have been looted, given that it's been a hundred years. He'd left the temple with Uncle feeling uncertain and scared and angry, because it didn't make sense— but he told himself it didn't matter. It hadn't mattered much back then, because what had mattered was Zuko had lost his honor and needed to regain it by finding the Avatar. Watching Aang, who was not the Avatar right then, just the last airbender. Utter sincerity in showing him where best to pat Appa, the last air bison. Sensitive spots. It's beginning to matter a lot. Something in Zuko begins to crumble as all the little inaccuracies he spotted in the old text grow ever more insistent. They said the Air Nomads had an army. He forces himself to keep pushing the intrusive thoughts back, because no matter what, Zuko needs to restore his honor and return home. Zuko's not sure he can keep pushing them back now. He's not sure he should.